Welcome back to Two Nobodies, everyone. Natasha is back with you again. I've been able to talk about parenting, fatherhood in the past. We've talked about pregnancy loss, a lot of different issues that parents and mothers and dads face on a regular occasion. We've talked about loneliness. We've even touched on mental health a few times. Uh, I'm curious about this next topic. This is the mental health challenges that fathers face, particularly new dads. You know, we've had, we, we know about the challenges that people have had th- during the pandemic. Uh, so definitely have uh, an interesting guest to talk to you to to bring in today. Also, going to be folding in the the Alberta election that's coming up. So, what kind of guests can I bring in to talk about all these things? But uh, MP Matt Genereau, he's the MP for Edmonton Riverbend. Matt, appreciate you making time for me on a Saturday. I know your schedule is precious, so I appreciate that time. No, thanks, Rupesh. Uh, really looking forward to it. And uh, that's a wide range of topics, so can't wait to, to dive into them all. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been an MP for? I've been an MP since uh, uh, October 2015, so I guess we're going going on almost uh, eight years uh, here, so just over just over seven. But I was elected to the provincial legislature before that, so my life has been uh, turned upside down in politics for, for about the last uh, 11 years uh, now in, in representing kind of South Side Edmonton. And how would you describe um, just life as a as a politician broadly? But I guess you know, especially as a traveling MP, like what is it? What is that like as a as a politician right now? Yeah, the most glamorous part is getting uh, taking a, um, an Uber to the airport at uh, 5 a.m. every Sunday, and oh. then flying back uh, every every Friday. And I, I know a lot of MPs do that. They they go back and forth to their uh, constituencies, and and uh, you know I, I think that's important. I, my family's a big reason why. Did this this job or these two jobs, I guess, if you want to say that. And for for me, it's about you know making sure we get back uh, every week so I can see my uh, my family. But it's uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, there's there's aspects of it that are are a challenge just from your time and and the ability to spend the time with your your family and and whatnot. But it's you know it's a it's a tremendous uh, opportunity to to influence public policy and and bring forward ideas and and thoughts mm-hmm. from the community that I grew up in to. to to parliament and arguably one of the most important uh, buildings in this country to uh, to raise those uh, those issues. So it's uh, it's an honor that uh, certainly isn't lost on me every time I walk through uh, those doors. You said you were a provincial MLA before, and then the shift to federal politics. What sort of drove you? What drove that shift for you? Uh, well, losing the election in 2015 did that. Mm. That was the official shift. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, I was a, a elected provincially and. And 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 then did a term there, lost the election mm. in, in 2015, mm. um, which was I kind of thought great, you know, whatever. Tried to politics, move on to to something else. Uh, but then there was a, a lot of uh, a lot of people reached out and in phone calls saying, would you consider running federally? There's uh, mm. the seat that uh, I, I live in is is coming up. Uh, the current MP had been there for about 16 years and he was about to announce his retirement and said, would you consider running? And I uh, thought about it uh, long and hard. And my uh, wife uh, at the time and I thought about it uh, long and hard and uh, decided to make the uh, make the jump. And um, yeah, I've been I guess I've been there since uh, since 2015. In those first, uh, in the first little while, like as, as you get used to traveling back and forth from a parenting perspective, like I don't know how old your 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 kids are, but um, what was that like for you in terms of the challenges of traveling back and forth, trying to manage being an MP and and then also being a dad? 
Yeah, well, that's that that is the the biggest challenge, right? Like the there's a bunch of, of political stuff that you know gets thrown at you and, and whatever. I, I think over the course of eleven years now can can handle most of, of that, if not all of it. But it's it's still the the challenges with uh, with connecting with your family, right? So I have uh, been been blessed to have a, a three uh, three uh, kids, two beautiful daughters, and a and a little uh, uh, boy, uh, um, Hugh. Um, so my, my girls are now in, uh, one goes to Harry Ainley and one goes to Vernon Barford. Uh, so one's a grade 10 and one's a grade nine. And then he was yet to go to, uh, go to school. But, uh, it, I, I like to, to joke that, um, over the course of the, the time, my, my girls used to come with me to every single event that I did as an MLA and I, they'd kind of be, you know, in the, the back seat and they'd be practicing, you know, all the questions that they'd get asked, which is usually like, what's your name? And they'd get, <laughs> my name's Molly. And how old are you? You know, I'm five and they, they'd go through kind of the, the cycle almost mocking what's where we're where we're going but uh to now we're trying to get them out to an event is uh is an impossible uh, uh feat and uh certainly i think at, at times they when elections come around they say mm. dad don't put any signs in front of our school okay and like don't uh, door knock around our school so of course yeah. the first place i go to door knock is around their school make sure yeah. we get a bunch of signs out there yeah. Uh, yeah. just so they know but yeah no it's been um i think from their perspective it would be interesting i've talked to a lot of people whose parents have been MPs and get kind of mm. their sense of of what my girls would be experiencing or, or have experienced up to this point. And, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunity, but also a lot of time where dad can't make it to you know, a school event or, or dad can't mm. uh, be there to, to drive, you know, on a Sunday afternoon to, uh, you know, a, a sporting yeah. uh, event or something. So, yeah, there's there's certainly um, drawbacks uh, for a lot of it, too. How do you how do you deal with those sort of situations when you're having to miss certain events? Like, what's the what's the impact on you? Yeah, it's hard. It's um, you know, you you keep kind of pushing forward, thinking you know, it's it's you're you're hopefully doing this job to to make the the country a better place, to make our community a better place. Have that as kind of the forefront in in your mind. Um, but you know, ultimately, it's uh, it's it's them who you know they stand on stage and they look out and they're you know all the other kids dads are there mm. and you know i'm i'm not there so it's you know we we've we've had lots of chats about you know the quantity of time versus quality of time and certainly uh, uh put in the the quality of time is is what we we try to maximize on so instead of just kind of having a, a lazy morning around the house it's you know let's go over to um to heart's table for brunch or, or something mm. like that let's uh you know let's make sure that we're doing the things that uh they want to do that you know we can do together if it's at a playground when they're younger it's uh you know, making sure that we're really maximizing our time uh, uh together because i know we don't get as much of it as uh as say most uh, uh, parents uh, that uh, mm. their friends and, and sort for for teenage girls is there a coolness factor with your job at all or it's <laughs> super uncool not? yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah super uncool yeah no it's um i every time i've gone into their to their schools they uh uh, when they were in kindergarten grade one, it was exciting, but now it's, uh, oh, dad, do you have to uh, come into the school uh, again? And, you know, there's, there's events in schools, there's, you know, they mm. get to, to meet and, and chat with, you know, a variety of, of Edmontonians all the time, but, you know, their principals are important people in our community and, mm. and have a good connection with, uh, with them and other teachers. And so they're, uh, they certainly don't, uh, I, I don't think they appreciate it when I pop in on their schools and, and kind yeah. of see the see uh, see them hanging out there in the halls. So yeah, it's uh, I guess a, a quick response is is very very super uncool. <laughs> That's how, uh, <laughs> how the job would be described by them. But yeah. 
what about uh, does politics enter the conversations at all or um, are they curious about that? Yeah, it's it's actually kind of uh, fascinating lately that uh, there's been certain issues that uh, they've been raising, uh, particularly mm. Molly. She's in grade ten, mm. and you know I follow their Instagram feeds and their mm. Snapchat feeds mm. and, and all that. And some of the time that she's been posting about uh, you know like environmental policies and that, mm. uh, it's been uh, kind of fascinating to see her perspective, which I think kind of has a bit of an impact on some of the things that you know the debates I then bring back to to caucus or, or mm. to uh, the House. Commons because you know it's she's not a voter yet she's uh, mm. 15 years old but she very well might likely be a voter in the next election so mm. that demographic of voters you know that being important to them I remember remember when um, uh, I'm, I'm going to give a bit of an opinion here um, so yeah. uh, um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you run with that as, as you will but there there was a, a decision made in the, the United States to uh, to rescind the uh, um, abortion rights in, mm. in about a year ago mm. um, to to me I thought that was uh, uh, the wrong decision I've mm. always been someone who's pledged myself as, as being very pro-choice and mm. uh, and making sure that to support people who are looking for uh, for abortion um, but to see my at the time 14 year old posting about that decision in the United States and how she disagreed with it was uh, was certainly something that I I think she probably got from from you know maybe some of the conversations we've had around the, mm. the dinner table maybe it's you know watching some of the uh the events unfold and and shaping how how politically engaged uh she has been or, or or is was was certainly something that you know i was proud of of her um i'd be proud of her you know kind of regardless but uh, it was it was kind of kind of interesting to see her uh weigh in and have a mm. have a, an opinion and perspective um at a, at a young age like that would you say kids her age are more like progressive thinking? And if so, I guess, like as a conservative MP, how do you, I mean, you just, you just described one issue in particular, but um, how do you kind of balance that? Like when, when these progressive kind of conversations are coming up and if they're challenging sort of your thinking on things? Yeah. Well, I think I'm a progressive thinker too. Um, mm. I don't think, um, you know, from from my perspective, I've always found comfort in saying I'm fiscally conservative mm. and ensuring that there is is strong metrics and, and guidelines for for government spending and smaller mm. government and all those things make a lot of sense to me. But on so I, I would think I'm very socially progressive. And I think my votes over over time have have shown that I voted with mm. uh, with the, the liberal government um, at, at times I voted uh, against when I was a, a progressive conservative MLA in um, in uh, the legislature voted against mm. the government at times. And, you know, those are, are things that I think a lot of, a lot of, a lot of MPs or MLAs kind of struggle with on, on how, where they kind of find themselves in that. Um, I think where I was lucky enough to kind of find my, find where my values kind of fit early in my career and have just kind of wrote those out. So from, from that perspective of where, you know, where, where Molly's opinion was on um, as as being uh, someone who would support a pro-choice argument, mm. you know that was very much aligned with me. It was was great. If you know if she were to come out and say I don't think budgets need to be balanced, then I would well, maybe I would I would say well you know I, I disagree and you know here's just some of the reasons. But again, it's it's entirely her uh, you know, her opinion. She's welcome to to when she does vote. If she doesn't want to vote for her dad, she's welcome to vote for someone else. I hope to right. convince her like I've convinced yeah. other people to. But uh, you know <laughs> yeah. it's a uh, Sometimes those might be some of the the harder uh, harder chats, I guess, to, to convince people. But no, you know, I think um, 
there's there's certain stigmas with with all parties and all representatives and so on mm-hmm. and so forth that uh, I imagine they hear and they get uh, caught up on. But you know, I've certainly been open with them about you know my opinions and you know when I vote against a party. You know, sometimes it makes the news, sometimes it doesn't, and you know it's uh, it's up to I guess them to kind of form their own opinions based on that. And uh, yeah, and we uh, and yeah again hope to hope to earn their vote uh, at least someday. <laughs> You raise an interesting point, which is you said the stigmas around certain parties. I think that it's very easy for people to box in all MPs of a certain party in a certain or, way yeah. of thinking. Would you agree? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like if you, yeah. you like I, I think here, you know, in 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 Riverbend, I've been here long enough that no no a certain num- number of people that I think would give the that I would give the impression that it's it's not just going to be a I, I don't fit into the, you know, climate change isn't real mold. Mm. I don't fit into the the pro life mold. And there's mm. there's members of uh, you know conservative party who mm. you know have those views, um, and you know it's it's their opinion. And I think that's the the beauty of Canada is that people can have those opinions and can disagree, but at the same time, you know, there's there's certain elements that kind of bond you together. Um, so yeah, then, and, you know, then from, from the liberals, you know, they're plagued with, with scandals and, uh, and excessive spending, you know, the NDP, you know, they're plagued with, you know, the anti-oil sands and, you know, the, a party that, uh, would, uh, would, cons- would consistently, you know, never balance a budget. So all of those things, you know, you kind of get, you're branded by those, I guess, mm-hmm. almost extremes of each, uh, party. And if you don't kind of get to, to know the, the member of parliament or the MLA or the candidate, even for that matter, then you're, of course, you're, I think your opinion is going to kind of flow along with what that, uh, the opinion of the party is. And, you know, it's kind of the, I guess, the, the downfall of our system, um, if you will, uh, being the party system. Um, but there's a lot of uh, pros uh, to it as, as well. And, you know, I, I think it's just, it's important that you, uh, anyone who wants to, to 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 be elected at anything i think it's getting their own personal message out you know mm-hmm. I'll, I'll use an example our our election signs last um last election were a i don't think i have one around here but we're a different um different brand than uh, than the party's brand uh party's brands oh. always had a blue with yeah. like a red stripe on it yeah yeah, yeah. um i went with a um like a, a navy blue and, and like baby blue kind of look to it, it still said conservative on it but it was consistent with everything else I've sent out to the community for the last, you know, 11 years has had this same kind of look on it. So why suddenly during the election, it, like I thought it almost looked like I was, you know, pandering for a vote at that point by saying, oh, hey, look at here's here's a whole different, you know, mm. brand new uh, look of, of how I'm, I am. But then I go back to to being kind of the, the person who sends out the newsletters and the, mm. you know, the magnets, hats, whatever else goes out there. Mm. Um, so, so we, we did that. We got some pushback from the party on it, but, you know, I think it was consistent with the, the community messaging that we've always had is that, you know, we're, we're here for the community. We're, we're elected to represent the community and this is who I am and been, you know, get that message out. Why would it change for the election time to go and, and get some, some goofy sign that the party wants you to use as opposed to kind of some of that, uh, similar branding. So, you know, that's a, a small example, but I, yeah. I think ultimately something that, um, I, you know, I, I know other MPs do it. I'm not saying the only MP, but uh, I know I, I certainly wish a lot more people get to know kind of their, their local representative in that way, at least, uh, then make judgment on, on agree or disagree. You're speaking to how you can be like, just trying to be authentic in yourself and yeah. how, how do you like, um, I think there's probably, again, a stigma or a brand that people associate with politicians about like, 
that they're fake, that they're that they're not always authentic, that they toe the party line. But I mean, you kind of gave an example of like how you you're trying to stay true to to your core beliefs and and how you want to show up in the community the way you want to show up to the community. Um, what would you say to people who feel like nah, politicians are really not authentic people? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's, it's probably a fair argument to make. Um, there's there's certainly been times where you know I've you know, over the course of eleven years, like it hasn't been perfect. Like it's, mm. I think you know the over time you kind of find these sorts of of things that are, are important and you know authenticity and and being genuine are are things to me that have, have always valued so why would mm-hmm. i go into politics to go and say well here's a whole bunch of of messaging i'm going to send out on twitter that's you know a party message on something that you know i, I probably don't have a ton of knowledge on so so anyway mm-hmm. so I, I think from that perspective it's it's allowed you to be a bit um uh, or it's allowed me at least to, to be a bit more comfortable with you know myself and, and debate issues that matter to me and, and bring forward ideas that matter to me. Um, I think think technology. I when I was first elected, to, I, I, my nomination I was elected in 2011. So Twitter was was I joined Twitter in 2008. It, that's mm-hmm. what Twitter tells me. I joined Twitter in 2008, and I remember at the time thinking this was great. Like you're branded by this party, like you're mm. going to get voted in some form or another based on your leader and party. And then yeah. the third, likely, you know, at the time I was 29, some, some young punk is, is going to you know, come in and maybe win the election here. Um, but I thought there was a real opportunity with when Twitter came out, can really share like who, who I am and the thoughts that I think are important. And at the time it was building schools in Southwest Edmonton. And that really mm. wasn't part of the party platform, mm. but it was something that I thought, you know, this is, this is great. I'm going to say, I'm going to go to the legislature and fight for, for schools in Southwest Edmonton. And, you know, we got a bunch built and I think largely because we put on some pressure and in a way that wasn't necessarily the, the, the party kind of top down, this is what will you need to go and say at your debates and at the doors mm. and, and whatever. So I, I think saw value in that very early on and, and, you know, I think my generation of, uh, of elected officials have, have been able to, to use that technology in a way that kind of share that. I'm now off Twitter. Like, well, I guess I'm not off it. I technically have it, but it's no longer on my phone or, mm. or anything else. It's uh, I, I despise the, uh, the thing. But uh, Instagram, you know, I find Instagram is a great way to communicate yeah. a two-way kind of dialogue with um with people in the community and, and share ideas that I think are important and also hear ideas that uh, people think are important in our community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when it comes to like the, the, if, I guess I don't know how to frame this, but do you think that, uh, kids are pretty much off limits when it comes to politicians? Like, is that, under, is that understood throughout the house of commons that when it comes to political attacks, like you just don't go after families? Um, or do you yeah. think that there's kind of an increasing nastiness now with, with politics? Like, or, or is that, yeah. cause I mean, sometimes you hear like people talking about, you know, the prime minister's family or, yeah. or all these sort of things. And to me, it's just, it's just not necessary, but, um, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's, um, I certainly agree that, that the, the nastiness is, uh, it, it's just gone one direction since I've been uh, elected. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, the, the division in the country too. And, you know, we're seeing that in the, the provincial election now, when I ran in the, the 2012 provincial election, 
there was the Wild Rose Party, the Progressive Conservative Party, the Liberals, the NDP, mm-hmm. uh, an Alberta party, and probably an independent or two that uh, ran against. Now you're pretty much uh, the UCP or the NDP, and there right. seems to be zero room in uh, the middle, if you will. So, you know, that that's... Um, uh, not to go, not too down, uh, take us off track with with that particular um, uh, aspect, but I, I think the that's that's a, a major issue with with politics and and I, I think right now and it's not just in in, in Alberta, it's in mm. it's in the United States. You know, you're the Republican, you're Democrat. There's a very black and white uh, uh, system. I you know I before we get to kind of your your kids question, I I think. Um, it's it's very driven a lot by by how how quickly the 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 news cycle uses you know you generally i think most people watch in you know, the first or second story and the mm-hmm. the six o'clock news and you know they're busy with you know dinner you know spending time with their family going off to a sporting event it's it's very much you know get that quick information and then move on um and then also in the social media feed you're you're kind of scrolling through and you you Absolutely. know you see a headline and you're like yeah. oh wow like i heard this and you know is there something underneath that headline that's maybe you know more or equally as important so i think that the way that we consume kind of kind of news and information now has has driven that kind of quick mm-hmm. like is it black or is it white uh, kind mm-hmm. of um, mental uh, not a lot of room in that gray uh, zone so so I think that's really that's where that's and that's what I'm you know don't like and, and fearful for kind of where we're heading with uh, with that kind of uh, politics mm-hmm. and, and that kind of country uh, to be frank um, yeah when it, when it comes to comes to kids um, yeah, that's uh, like because our lives are so public now. Like I, I rarely share pictures of any of my kids on on yeah. social media. Um, it's something that um, you know, they're most you know a lot of ways like they don't want me to. Um, mm. it, I guess you know it would benefit me to be able to go and and share you know a family dinner or something like that because you know you you're sharing kind of that authentic side. But I think there's a lot of a lot of um, reasons uh, also not to and, and made the decision that, you know, it's not like I don't, but I, I really keep it uh, limited. Uh, we had an incident when I was elected as a as an MLA that um, uh, Molly was in grade, I think Molly was in grade one and Lily was in kindergarten. Uh, they went over mm-hmm. to, to GPN, um, uh, George P. Nicholson School in Twin Brooks. And we had a, a threat from... Um, uh, there's a, somebody called my office uh, asking mm. about uh, uh, some labor negotiations that were going on, actually similar to like a strike incident now. And um, they, there is a fine conversation. We were getting along. Uh, I didn't know the guy, but you know, he was just kind of this. And then after kind of the conversation was done, he's like, okay. He's like, well, I hope you vote um, against it. And um, you know, if not, uh, certainly know where your kids go to school. And I think he kind of said it in like a joking way. Um, but you know, quickly hang up the phone. You call the sergeant at arms and ask, you know, is there things that I uh, can do? And um, they put a, a, a car outside of uh, Molly's school. Um, mm the time and uh for for a number of weeks i think it was two or three weeks molly had to be escorted out of her classroom she couldn't go out by herself just to go to like her backpack or something like that she had to go out with her teacher and and whatever the principal was uh was notified so those sorts of things like you know they it is a a um a a scary part of of what uh, this public job is um and there's lots of people who have had you know the more specific death threats um against them and and their family and you know the the prime minister gets it um, i'm sure regularly i remember when andrew Shear was our leader his uh, kids constantly got um uh, barraged uh, by it. Um, I know our current leader Pierre Polyev has had uh, a number of death threats of his uh, his wife and, and kids and you know it's um 
I, I think it's, it does. It's, it's a, it's a scary um, part of, of public life. Um, but it's, it's also, you know, if, if nobody does these jobs, um, you know, too, then it's, you're, you're kind of left with, you know, you're, you're, if nobody who has a kid is going to do, is going to run for politics, then mm. I don't think you, you're kind of missing out on a major component mm. of like, you know, young dads, like, um, you know, uh, um, young moms that uh, mm. are, I, I think, have something to bring to the table all the time. So. Um, I mean, you can look at this from a black and white perspective and just say, like, I, it's absolutely unacceptable, like that, you know, these kind of threats happen or that there's, um, you know, potential violence against political officials. Is there anything like, is there any just not, I don't want to say justification, but do you think what's driving, I guess, this amped up language from the public and this aggressiveness? Like, what do you think is like these days, like you hear more and more about it, like Christian Freeling getting harassed in Alberta when she came here. Like, I know like across the spectrum that was, that was uh, denounced, but like, yeah, you see these instances, incidents happen more and more. Um, is there any, any thoughts about what's maybe driving this right now? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if I have all the answers to that. Yeah. Um, I have my own opinions, um, on it. Um, I'll be sure those, um, I, you know, I think kind of getting back to, to the, 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 the social media, the 120 characters that you can get a message out there, you know, maybe not having all the information all the time is probably, mm. you know, a factor for people quickly informing their, their decisions. I know during COVID there was a lot of, um, you know, for my, for my, um, um, my perspective, I, I decided to, to get vaccinated. For me, it was important for me and my family. Mm. Um, you know, we decided this was, uh, we wanted to do, it was was our decision. But the amount of people that were messaging me saying, saying, how dare you force me to get vaccinated? Like, I, I wasn't forcing anybody to get vaccinated. You know, there was, there's governments, you know, arguably, you know, if, if you want to look at that to forcing people to, to do certain things in certain ways. Um, I, I think there was just a lot of anger, uh, you know, during COVID too, that mm. uh, towards government, towards, you know, elected officials or, or, or not. Like I think of people like Dr. Hinshaw, um, there's a lot of anger towards people like that, mm. that really, um, uh, in, instead of looking at the experts, which you know, I would argue Dr. Hinshaw is an expert, and you know, mm. she's a she's a medically trained doctor and in understanding science and and whatnot. In in lieu of not wanting to do maybe some of the decisions that she put in place, there was a real pushback, and well, let's go down and and find our own evidence for uh, for this, and then then you start seeing the the social media spiral of well, I saw mm. this article on Facebook, and this article says you know I should be doing this instead, so how dare she tells me I shouldn't be doing Doing this and you know mm-hmm. the whole the the whole mask debate. I remember at the beginning, I was our health, I was a party health health critic at the beginning of the pandemic, <laughs> and that the masks were like a, a hot thing, right? Like there yeah, was yeah. some some public health. I was just saying it doesn't impact uh, you at yeah. all, so don't worry about it. And some are like, that. no, you have to wear them like outside and everywhere. Yeah. So so then then like who do you trust at that point? Like yeah. certainly can't trust politicians because you know mm-hmm. they have their motives uh, around. Mm-hmm. So. Well, can you trust doctors? Well, you know, all doctors are disagreeing. So I think you go down some of these these uh, paths of you know you think well, you know, I know I know better than you now because I've gone and I've done mm. this research and you tried to force me to do this. So I th- I think COVID also really helps. So the, the social media technology piece where mm. everybody's kind of accessible now, and then on top of that, kind of COVID uh, happened. I think you know the the incident with uh, with Krisha was a you know a terrible incident, and yeah, we all condemned it. Um, I think like elements of, of both of those factors were at play when, uh, you know, just using that as an example. Yeah. 
Very interesting. Um, you started the High Dad Foundation uh, not too yeah. long ago. Uh, why? What, what was? What were you feel like? Yeah. What, what did you feel like was missing? Yeah, well, I'll I'll back up a little bit and tell you kind of my story on on why this High Dad Foundation is basically cum, uh, accumulation of seven years of doing the um, uh, Father's Day on the Hill event, which is an mm. annual event we do on on Parliament. Um, so I started Father's Day on the Hill. Um, it was initially I was going to do it at the legislature, but then when I lost the election, I was like, well, mm. I guess we'll just do it in the Parliament Hill. So anyway, <laughs> that worked out. But um, no, it was uh, it, when I when had Lily. Um, uh, she like she's now uh, uh, 14 years old, so 14 mm. years ago. Um, had Lily. Uh, she's uh, uh, 15 months um, younger than um, than Molly, and we, it, you know, at the time was uh, was married uh, to uh, the girl's mom, and you know we we had one little uh, a baby at home, and then uh, Lily came uh, along, and when uh, Lily came along, it. Um, felt there was just a lot of uh, a lot of pressure on on like our relationship uh, we end up getting divorced we're, we're mm. friends now and, and everything but end up getting divorced at the time but there was a lot of postpartum on on the girl's mom's side mm. uh, but then also from from the dad's perspective you know i remember going for for um a beer with uh, one of my friends at the time saying you know what like this is really you know kind of tough to 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 deal with like you got two kids you know trying to manage you know the you know, the the future together you know our, our relationship is is deteriorating but then also on top of that their their mom's uh, suffering from uh, from postpartum so mm. you know from from my perspective and then i remember him telling me he's like He's like, dude, you got to like suck it up and like, you know, mm. move on. This is like, you know, like she's the one that's gone through this whole uh, you know, right. change. What are you complaining and, about? Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, and I thought like, well, I don't want to take away from that. Like, I don't think like that's not my intent at the time was to, to you know, to, to vent and complain mm. about, you know, well, well, I, I I, I want to kind of minimize that. Like it was the opposite. I thought that's a major issue that's that's facing our family, that's impacting, you know, our, our future together. But then there's also this other component over here that's that's kind of being, you know, ignored and what you know kind of dads are, are going through and, and major life changes and yeah. and uh and sorts. So um and then you know he wasn't the only guy. I talked to a few other guys after that and the same kind of message was, you know, like like you better just kinda, of, you know, pull up your socks and you know get through it so i thought you know there's got to be like some resources out there there's got to be something that uh, can do that uh, mm. that you know, dads like myself can go and, and talk to and there were there were kind of some there was you know the the different uh, mental health associations you know i won't name them but they would have you know a little paragraph about you know men suffering from anxiety or depression and mm. you know you know call this number and and great you know there's like a, a three-month wait to kind of someone to talk to you i'm like okay well this doesn't really help so yeah i thought you know the 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 thing that um could do is is have have people raising awareness people in in positions where they have a voice where they have mm. a you know opportunity to to share kind of their personal story raising that awareness um so i wasn't elected at the time but then mm. end up getting elected to the legislature and talked mm. with some of the mental health experts and saying you know this is kind of like a missing component and at the time it was people were like oh yeah you are kind of right there is a missing component mm. there with uh with dads so started uh, looking at you know some public policy stuff that we could do and and thought you know there's 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 that 
there, which we were we're doing and we were doing, we are doing, we're we're still doing. Um, but there's also the uh, the aspect of just being able to to stand up in the House of Commons in the legislature and say like, mm-hmm. listen, I suffered from anxiety, depression, and it's okay to talk about it. Like, go and if you know, reach out to to anybody, somebody, anybody. Like, it's what's there's a stat that um, it's 50 men a week in Canada commit suicide. Like, that's wow. that's insane. Like, wow. you know, 75% of suicides in Canada are men like it's mm. like these these numbers are, are are staggering and it's you know through COVID it's it's only going up so if everyone's there suffering in silence like you know that to me is a major problem facing our, our country so anyway so yeah so we you know uh, condense the 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 long story short we started Fathers in the Hill to raise awareness um, I guess seven years ago now and maybe five, maybe I'm even being generous, maybe three MPs showed up to it. And we were kind of talking to a room of stakeholders who all agreed. And, you know, three MPs were like, okay, yeah, this is all right. Uh, we had uh, our event uh, last year. And mm-hmm. um, as part of our event last year, we uh, we had, it was 150 MPs uh, showed up wow. to it. And, and not, the MPs aren't, you know, we have to get all the MPs there is kind of, that's not really the intent of it, but it's the amount of now media that show up, the amount yeah. of discussion that's happening in parliament at committees and everything, because, it, you know, trying to raise awareness that it's okay to, to talk about it. And I have MPs from all parties that come and, and are, are co-sponsors of the event. So we can, can do it. The speaker comes, we had, um, you know, a, a celebrity Brian Balmer came last year. Mm-hmm. This year we have a, an exciting um, guy. He's a, a first responder who's suffered. He's, he does a bunch of um, speaking tours. He's going to come in and speak to it. A bunch of hockey players have reached out and said, yeah, this mm-hmm. is great. Like, you know, want to support this. So anyway, so all of that um, kind of say the, from the Father's Day in the Hill event is something that, you know, I, going to keep doing and it's um it raises awareness and parliament hill and it's uh it's great but yeah so and you sorry your, your question was about high dad foundation so high dad fund so last year we announced the creation of high dad foundation mm. which um it's the high dad is is basically the the message on father's day that uh you you kind of you know reach out and and you know if it's over text or if it's you know calling up your your dad and just saying hi dad you know like how you doing like that's As a check-in yeah, and like yeah. it's it's just as simple as that. And if yeah. you know if the uh, the you know, your dad says you know actually you know I've had some pretty tough days. Like all right, dad. Well, hey, let's go for a, a beer. Let's go for a walk in the mm-hmm. park. You know, let's go and watch a you know a, a Oilers game or, or something mm-hmm. like that together. I, I think that's the that's the ultimate intent. Is like having that starting those conversations with um, people. So the High Dad Foundation is uh, basically there's there's three pillars to the High Dad Foundation. There's the the events component, which is you know mm-hmm. Father's Day in the Hill, and and that's kind of you know now under the High Dad Foundation uh, running as opposed to just just off the corner of my desk as an MP, um, and then there's the 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 uh, generating the the resources for for going out into different aspects of, uh, of uh, male-dominated uh, workforces. So construction companies, you know, universities. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of a lot of uh, uh, men in, in business and engineering at universities that you know, are committing suicide because you know they're they've given up in a lot of ways. So so getting getting uh, speakers and resources out to them is a, is a big component of it. And then the third pillar is the, the public policy and, and research where mm. uh, right now you're, you're, you know, the, the statistics that to kind of rattled off are, are, are some that are, are well known throughout the mental health community, 
but diving into some of those those specific reasons as to why there's why there's a high rate of, of lawyers and 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 male uh, tax uh, accountants you know committing suicide you know those are the certain things we want to get to the bottom of which yeah. will then inform public policy which will then inform advocacy to to push uh, elected leaders like myself to come and and, and push for for uh, ideas for change and um, that's ultimately the uh, the circle that uh, high dad's um, operating with I want to hear more about the the public policy front but before that, um, what do you think, or what kind of stigmas do you think are holding men back from from opening them about opening up about their mental health? I mean, you you talked earlier about like just that need that it's kind of a myth now. I would say, but just suck it up, right? Be strong, yeah. that sort of thing. But what other kind of stigmas or things are are in play right now that are preventing dads from um, opening up? Yeah, well, I think that's like the, that's a big one, right? It's the the you're supposed to be the the leader in the family and yeah. you know you can't show kind of any weakness uh right. you know it's uh it it's it's not right it's you know, think about everybody else in, in the, the family and so on and so forth so i i think the like you, whether it's through organized sport whether it's through you know the um just the the, the general i guess kind of machoism uh, mental mm-hmm. that uh, that men have been facing for for I guess it's the beginning of time mm-hmm. that uh, it's it's hard to go and, and have those those chats. There's mm-hmm. the people reach out to me. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's regularly. It's it, maybe it's more or less than, than other people get reached out to. But it's when when people reach out, it's usually like you know, hey, I just like uh, want to chat. Or maybe it's that friend you haven't heard from in a while that like reaches out and says like, mm-hmm. hey, you want to go grab a beer and think like. Yeah, well, yeah, I haven't heard from him in a while. Like, I wonder, you know, if he's doing okay, right? So, right, right. so I think there's there's just like that, and then then also like it, all of our lives are, are much busier now too, right? So, mm. so that time to go and like take to to have a have you know, I keep saying have a beer, maybe that's not the, the best alternative, <laughs> but uh, you know, go and, and sit down at a you know um, an Oilers game together. Like it's you know, yeah, but we got all this other stuff going on. So I think you kind of get in this rat race of. Uh, of our careers and lives and it just kind of you know, pulls you in so so there's that stigma piece but then there's also that just busyness component that mm. how are you gonna how you can take the time for for yourself and and also you know kind of talk to somebody else about it and you know i i think people also worry that maybe there's a a um, a component of you know i go and i talk to a friend and suddenly you know they're gonna say i need to go and do something that may i'm not necessarily comfortable doing yet or whatever so i don't know it's um it certainly changed though. Like I've found since I stood up in the legislation in 2012 and said the first speech I said, and the amount of like emails I got just from people in the community were like, like, come on, man, like that's not what we sent you there to talk about. Interesting. Like, you know, it's going, you know, we, there's, a, there's a major deficit, or, or I forget what the issue mm. of the day was, or whatever. Mm. Um, you know, that's what we need to talk about. I'm like, well, I can kind of do two things, guys, but you know, yeah. sure. Um, but ultimately, it's uh, now I find there's a lot more like, you know, I, I reference a number of MPs, but you know, there's a lot more people who are paying attention to it. And the numbers are still astronomical in terms of, of suicides and, and you know, preventions and whatnot. But it's it's not the um, I think people are, are, are OK, more OK to talk about it than they have than it's really ever been. Yeah. And, and you even see like governments organizing themselves to have you know, dedicated departments towards yeah. mental health and addictions and such. So that's, that's definitely a shift. I also feel like, I don't know about you, but, um, it, it feels like there's more, there's more to being a parent these days than, than it was maybe 
back in the day. Like, like parents understand you need to be present. You need to, um, you need to be emotionally in tune with your kids, right? Like there's a lot more. So it almost feels like the pressure on dads is even more so. And if you don't, if you can't open up and you kind of have that old masculine mentality, um, you're putting yourself in a pretty difficult position because now you're being asked to do even more. Yeah. Yeah. And gone are the days of, you know, dad grabbing his suitcase on uh, yeah. Monday morning and, you know, getting in a station wagon and driving away. It's not away good enough and, anymore, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 And, you know, now, now we have, we have more technology too. Like, you know, I, I, we, we started the, the chat about uh, referencing, you know, how much I'm away. Um, mm. But I, I think about the, the guys who were members of parliament uh, and, and largely men who are members of parliament, uh, you know, back in the, the 50s or whatever, they would take the train and they would like January, they would take the train to, to Ottawa and yeah, they would, wow. they would stay there until June, right? So they wouldn't necessarily come back every weekend. And th- there was no, like, we didn't have phones like FaceTime mm. you know, or anything. There was no pictures being sent. It was all like handwritten letters back home. Mm. And so I think, I think now there's a tremendous opportunity for, you know, I, I FaceTime my girls, uh, mm. um, not as regularly as I'd like, but um, mm. uh, I FaceTime them. But, you know, my, my little guy FaceTime, you know, almost every couple days is what, mm. you know, we're on the phone together. And, yeah. you know, it's a... Um, it's kind of that i guess there's that expectation from society but i think there's also that that desire because you know when i'm sitting in the house of commons at like 8 p.m you know and and he's messaging me to like facetime you know i'd much rather be doing that than you know, sitting yeah. in, the, in the commons and so yeah. i think now dads have had that they've been able to see that uh, hey like like look what he's doing like what a cool little guy he is like i want to mm. kind of get to know him uh, and, mm. and spend time with him and, and whatever so i i think that's um it kind of it's probably gone on both ways on on that front and it's i like it's uh, it's a good thing i think it's just making sure that you know when dads are facing those uh, kind of pressures for you know maybe for whatever reason you know the the they haven't been able to facetime for a week and dad's kind of feeling depressed or anxious about mm. things you know then it's those are kind of the the times you know reach out and say you know, hey like let's uh let's have a chat um you know how you doing or whatever i think goes uh, goes a long way yeah. What do you think are um, the effects of mental health struggles from men on the emotional well-being of, of their kids? Yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm not an expert on mental health. I just yeah, yeah. You know, no, that's I, okay. I, I just, just your thoughts. I, push I guess. The, <laughs> the yeah, ideas that's okay. forward. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah like it's I, I I find it just you know, looking at what um, the the pressures that my particularly my daughters go through in mm. high school and junior high. You know, like it's. I, I don't know how I would have been able to handle those pressures. And, yeah. you know, you, you think about, uh, you know, how much the, they're like, sure, bullying, like, like that's a, that's a thing, but there's also just a lot of, of, you know, societal pressure on, you know, like, like now more, you know, how to look like, you know, mm. how to, how to dress like mm-hmm. the, you know, are you, did you sharing, not sharing stuff, social media? Like it's just, mm. you know, there's, there's, there's so many, so much to that, that, uh, to unpack that I, I would just find it, you know, probably like absolutely terrifying to, to be a, a teenage girl in their shoes, uh, going to high school these days. Um, you know, there's, there's the, um, like hormones are changing and, and all yeah. that, uh, as well. And, you know, I, I guess as a, as a parent, you, you uh, my parenting perspective which you know it doesn't have to be everybody's perspective is to to kind of let them be their own person let give them Mm. that kind of freedom to do it and then you know when they 
when they need or want something that you know it's not just money because that happens a lot but <laughs> when they need or want something you know it's you're you're there for them they know that there's somebody that they can they can talk to absolutely all the time anytime and you know it's a from um you, you kind of almost like send them off into like the 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 wild and, and just kind of you know hope that everything uh, goes well a lot of the a lot of the time and you know, I, I don't know if that's uh, maybe for 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 men. Maybe it's something that you know it, it was uh, predominantly in like the 40s and 50s. It was something well, the the um, the mum kind of took care of all that kind of stuff. Mm. So that wasn't something you know maybe the dad had to worry about. But it's certainly something that I get very involved in and very you know you know, I guess you know concerned and, and think about a whole heck of a lot on uh, on what society's uh, done or doing to uh, to kids these days. I have a five-year-old daughter and I, I'm, you know, excited for obviously as she grows up and seeing what kind of challenges she has to face and helping her navigate through that. But I'm not going to lie. I am scared about, uh, you know, what that's going to look like having, raising two, you know, teenage daughters. Um, I don't know. What what do you, what do you think are like, what are the challenges that they, they face that are very different from kids in the in the in the past and i guess i don't know any any suggestions for as as i as my daughter grows Man, up yeah yeah i again like i am no expert on on parenting that's for sure but um i i think like the I like to joke with the girls that uh, being in in uh, Ottawa gives me uh, tremendous access to the parliamentary precinct security, but also the RCMP. We have a lot of connections mm-hmm. to the RCMP. So if there's ever some time that uh, girls, I need to make sure that the RCMP is is just doing a drive by of some boy's house that's been very rude to you or, or mean <laughs> to you. You know, certainly happened to arrange that. You know, and we, we don't have those uh, capabilities, but I like to yeah. at least pretend to them that yeah. uh, do. Yeah. Um, but no, it's uh they from uh, uh as like a, a a parent like it's you know they're they've they've changed a lot in mm-hmm. uh in kind of how like who they are and you know i i i love who they are i think it's very cool you know all of their interests like it's really mm-hmm. neat to kind of see them them grow and they're very different even though they're so similar in, in ages and and um everything but it's you know allowing them to, to kind of do that is uh you know it's a, a hard part because you know like for example um i hope molly doesn't watch us but molly pierced her, her nose um just over christmas and uh mm. she was telling her mom she's like yeah I'm, I'm nervous about what dad's uh gonna say and you know it wouldn't be my i know my i guess my preferred thing that she did mm. but mm. uh knowing that my reaction is going to very much drive mm. you know kind of those future conversations about you know what she's going to share or not share with me mm. you know was was very important so yeah you know it's um it, you know, I, I guess the reaction could have been you know why did you do that you shouldn't have done that it looks you know whatever you know you, you, you nose piercings are uh, aren't something that uh, you know uh, i like or whatever take it out or <laughs> I, I don't know like whatever the reaction it could have been that but i think it was like it really took everything inside me to to you know to to recognize it but not make like a huge deal out of it not make it be a a big uh, a big thing uh, that you know would then i think impact future decisions. you get lost you know, her a little bit right for sure yeah like yeah. the like the, the the minor thing is that she has a a, a a hole in her nose like it's not you know not the end of the world but yeah. maybe the next one is right maybe the next time that she wants to reach out is and thinking well geez you know every time i reach out to dad you know he's he's goes and and blows a gasket so mm. you know i'm i'm gonna 
um, I'm just not going to reach out to him anymore. So anyway, that's, you know, that, again, that's my perspective. I don't know if it's the best or worse. I'm sure there's experts mm. that will tell you one way or the other. But um, from my perspective, it's uh, certainly something that um, you kind of almost have to meet them on their their timeline right now and let them kind of drive a lot of that and be available for them because they're growing to be independent right they're learning to be yeah. to what it to what it takes to you know eventually you know live on their own and and do sorts of things and they love it and they love to be able to go and and buy a starbucks and you know the adultness of it all i'm, I'm yeah. sure is, is fascinating to them but um you know, if they don't learn that, then I guess you'd have to worry about what happens when they do eventually you know, leave for whether it's university or a job or, or, or whatever. Well, you're, you're, they're at the age where boys are, could be in the picture, right? Like, how are you yeah. feeling about that? Like, is there this protective, I imagine there yeah. would be, uh, yeah. I felt that way as soon as like short, soon after my daughter was born, I'm like, yeah. no guy's ever going to be good enough for her kind of mentality, yeah, right. but yeah. I don't know, how are you, how are you feeling as your girls are kind of getting to that age. Yeah. It's, uh, and you know, you, you, you see how like them interacting with their friends and it's, I, I think, I think like, like, again, doing this job maybe for 11 years has, has taught me something about, you know, judging character maybe mm. and, and kind of understanding motives maybe a little bit more than, uh, mm. than it, it would if I hadn't have done this job. Uh, so, there's there's certainly sometimes where i see like okay like you know this uh this guy here you know there's there's i was also a teenage boy at one point i mm. i kind of get what you know looking for but i don't know like it's sure like you, I, there's there's times i i'd love to maybe you know trip them as they're walking in the hall but you know, ultimately <laughs> uh, it probably also drives my my girls away right so yeah. it's uh yeah it's i don't know it's um uh, for 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 both of them, I I worry that it's going to be a a uh, an experience that you know there's there's only kind of one way to to experience uh, you know um, love and then loss right and I would love to protect them and say okay here's a here's a perfect prince for you mm. and now go away and lo- live a, a a wonderful life together. But um, I, I suspect, you know, a, a big part of what's probably they're going to learn is uh, I think most people do is, you know, learn that they, they they love somebody, then they end up out of love with somebody. And, yeah, it's uh, I know, I, I guess kind of uh, kind of have to almost just let them uh, be themselves. And or at least that's my opinion, let them be themselves and yeah. and hope that uh, things work out uh, in the end. Probably wouldn't make every decision that I would make. Um, but you know ultimately like you know nose piercing but um you know it it is what it is and i guess uh yeah hopefully uh they hopefully they turn into good uh well, they are good humans now and i hope that uh, they you mm. know they remain uh good humans as they get older and um and into their careers and lives um by themselves i know you said that you know you're not an expert in all this but i think there's so much value in people hearing you know they're they're local politician or just politicians in general really reflect very openly and honestly about Mm. their struggles. And I think that that goes a long way for people. So, um, you know, I appreciate the humility, but I think there's so much value in in what you're saying. So thank you for, for sharing all those pieces, um, with the high dad foundation and the, the public policy piece, how do you feel like we're doing, I mean, there's the role of the federal government, obviously, in supporting mental health and addictions, and obviously the provinces have ultimate jurisdiction in terms of delivering health care. This is a pretty broad question, Matt, but 
how do you think we're doing in terms of supporting mental health and addictions, maybe particularly with, with men and fathers, I guess? Yeah. Um, I, I think the, so I, we're, it, it's, it's made like a, a massive jump forward in terms of the awareness of it. Like the, I think, um, again, you know, if, if you look at kind of the three pillars of, of high dad, just as an example, like a major pillar of high dad is the awareness. It's mm. men talking about it. It's, you know, not just on the men's mental health, it's, it's just mental health, you know, in general being a, a conversation that people are, are comfortable having the, with, um, the, the, what, what I see, I guess, with, um, the, the major component that's that's missing in a lot of ways is that you can go and you can put these kind of you know public facing optically looking things that say hey we support mental health we support you know addictions we, we support mm-hmm. you know kind of this this general direction um, but then it's it's what are you doing kind of behind the the, the scenes and that's you know that's where where politicians and and uh, I think politics gets uh, gets in trouble gets in the way a lot of the time mm. because it's very easy to go and, and stand up and, and say you know hey we have a minister of mental health but you know that minister of mental health now kind of has to like get out of the way because a health minister is doing the job right mm. so it's it's how much of 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 that is is uh, serious to that continues on and you know at the federal level you know i it's no secret i've been critical of the the current government for they made a as part of the the this current government's party platform they made a, a big portion as all parties did for mental health funding they've they've announced a, a big chunk of it um it's you know that was the that would have been back what 2021 uh we're now at 2023 and that funding hasn't shown up anywhere mm. so you know they'll argue well it's coming and it's a four-year mandate and, and all these things to kind of get that money out the door but uh you know like one example is the the suicide prevention uh, hotline number like uh, 998 like it was we had the minister of of um uh addictions and mental health before committee and one member asked her um can you tell me the suicide uh, hotline number and she's like oh you mean 998 and he's like no he's like tell me like the current number like she had to look at officials and there's somebody in the back of the room that had to come up and run up and put a Mm. paper in front of her this is the number like she didn't know what the number was and i think that was a a big statement like it's you know it's a it's a political kind of thing to do but Mm. it's a big statement and that you know, you can go and you can say you support mental health. You can go and you can say that you're you're putting you know a bunch of stuff behind it. But until it's there, like it's it's kind of that uh, you know the 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 illusion just isn't really enough anymore. So mm. we've made big leaps and we've got these these uh, these these ministers and departments and and whatever you know. And the provincial government, you know, I'm I'm not just picking on the liberals here. You know, the provincial mm. government has a has a, a, a minister of mental health uh, mm. as well. And you know, it's it's about okay, great. Well, now let's make ensure that that funding's uh, going to the right places because ultimately it's the you know if you, if you use the 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 suicide hotline number like it's still not in place it was uh part of this announced as part of this last budget that'll come in place in november but um you know i we've we've heard this before so you know it's it's uh i guess that the skeptic in me is like okay well then come on then if if we do support this this mental health support then actually support it um uh, instead of just getting past that awareness piece and into the actual public policy piece is there anything in particular, um, like any particular policies or actions that you're you're hoping that that occur or move forward? Yeah, well, I think the um, there's a there's a couple of things that uh, really 
I guess excite me about kind of the what we've been able to do with high dad and it's mm. on it's in the men's mental health space it's you know the diving into to the the root causes of of suicide and mm. and of of men is you know, putting a, a lot of resources into that type of, of research you know the Canadian Mental Health Association Mental Health Commission of Canada the Movember they they do they do stuff with men's mental health and it's it, mm. it's very good stuff but they also do so much other stuff right so mm. having that dedicated men's mental health arm, if you will, is something that I found was lacking. So being able to look at some of that, um, those, uh, those issues largely with, with, with suicide is, uh, because the, just the staggering numbers is, uh, is a big, um, a big, uh, big push that we have. Uh, the, the one public policy thing that comes to mind that still like to this day, I, I, I can't wrap my head around why we don't do it is, um, uh, every time a, a baby's born in, uh, in Alberta, there's a, a home care nurse goes in and visits the the, mm. the new baby and the the, the mom and the, the family and mm-hmm. there's a there's a whole bunch of reasons why like they're inside the house they're they're talking about okay like do you have any questions you know breastfeeding and so on and so right. forth um but they always like the last question that they ask is it's like okay well like, like how are you feeling like is there mm. basically they're they're looking for any signs like are you are you thinking about, about harming yourself harming the baby mm. you know postpartum like they're there's you know this is usually within two to three days after the baby's mm. born and you know they ask the question and and whatnot but rarely do they turn to to or if at all do they turn to the other parent and say mm. hey like how are you doing like that to me seems like a simple like within a, a check list kind of sure. box that ahs probably sends out to every mm. home care nurse and says okay now turn to you know and, and like our case a dad but you know there's lots of uh of uh, other couples where it's you know the other mm. parent and uh, ask them how they're doing and yeah. you know that that just doesn't happen and you know, those those sorts of small things you know we can we can raise awareness for it and and whatnot but getting that uh change in, in public policy or regulation or wherever the heck it sits you know making sure that people are are looking at those little examples Examples and saying, you know, that should change. Like we, we should ask the the dad, mm-hmm. if, you know, if he's if he's feeling okay. Because if he's not, there's a whole bunch of uh, places we could uh, we could send him to now. And like those associations mentioned, you know, also High Dad Foundation. We want to be able to to have all those resources for for dads too. So it, you know, ultimately, I think you know, that's um that's the I kind of got again to the reasons for High Dad and kind of went off on a tangent but um, I, I think that's uh, those sorts of things I think we can um, we can change if uh, if we kind of do it right that would be imagine how supportive dads or parents would feel if they knew that the system was actually checking in on them right like the totally. system actually kind of cared and it was more proactive rather than people having to go seek help like that's that's yeah. huge i had a i have a friend who just came to visit us from germany she just moved from alberta to to germany and and she was saying how over there they the system checks in on you like if you don't go to your appointments they will actually like send you a notification i mean wow. yeah. you know some some people might feel like that could be a little intrusive but i mean i think yeah. the premise of it in terms of just showing that the system wants to make sure that you're you're doing okay yeah. that's i think that's pretty neat um we, I think like, that we already kind of do it right like there's already a home care nurse showing up so yeah yeah you know it's just yeah. simple like another simple question to say like, yeah hey, absolutely you know? so anyway yeah. it's yeah i completely agree like if there was some some more of that that system kind of intertwined to that patient as opposed to probably checking some box somewhere that okay there's another one done and uh and, and move on right so yeah um are you okay if we shift to what's going on here in alberta with this election coming up yeah, what's going on yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
there's a it's interesting because I mean I would say like a few years ago I saw some some I don't know if it was a study or, or a headline or whatever it was, but that people were leaving Alberta. The young people were kind of leaving in droves because they were worried about the future of Alberta. And, and you're seeing this in Calgary in particular. And, and now you're seeing, I don't know if it's the affordability issue or Alberta is just an attractive place to live. You're seeing all this migration of all these young people coming back to Alberta. So I don't know, it's an interesting time, but um, I'm curious about like the future of Alberta. I worry about the future of Alberta personally. Um, but this election, May 29th, coming in for the provincial government, uh, what do you think matters? What do you think should matter for people? Why should people care about this election? Yeah, well, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. The, the affordability piece to, I think, so many Albertans right now and in our community here in, in Riverbend, it's, you know, the because because like say Edmonton's house prices um, have 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 skirted the I guess the 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 incredible spikes you're seeing in, in places like Vancouver and, and Toronto and Burlington mm. and, and all mm. across uh, you know part, pockets of, of Canada it's become attractive in in that way and then and you know it's 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 going to mean right now a lot of people considering you know Edmonton Calgary other uh, other mm. parts of, of Alberta so sure there's there's likely to that influx will, will probably continue I'd like that's my opinion um but drive like to to your question about like why why this election matters is that there's like this pretty it's again like a divisive uh set of ideas on how Mm. to how to continue on this path or 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 how to fix you know other aspects and it's not just this i know there's a big debate on healthcare and 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 Mm. whatnot uh, happening too um so from from my perspective, you know, this, this, this one's really going to be, you kind of will set that four year stage and you don't, we don't have minority governments in Alberta. There's only two parties now. So, (laughs) you know, there's, it's going to be locked in for four years, regardless which uh, direction it goes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on whatever side of the political spectrum you, uh, you find yourself on, you know, that, uh, that could be uh, great or it could be scary. And, you know, there's a, a real movement in politics to not vote for something, but to vote against something. Mm. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's not new, I guess, but it's certainly, you're seeing a lot of that in this uh, election. I think the people that, you know, are, are not um, new Democrat uh, supporters are like, I cannot vote. I'll vote for anybody, but uh, Rachel Notley, um, mm. people who aren't um, uh, uh, conservative supporters say, oh, I'll vote for anybody, but Daniel Smith. And they've mm. become these divisive, uh, uh, people in, in the, the the respective camps who are voting against them, so it's it, I, I think you know either way we're going to get there's going to be a segment of the population which looks like probably at this point like it's pretty dead heat you know judging mm-hmm. by the polls the fifty up to probably about fifty percent of the population voting and, and being upset against one or the other right so it's um it's going to uh, you know again that whatever happens in that election uh, whoever comes out as the, the the premier I think is going to have a whole heck of a lot of work to to bring back and, and try to mm-hmm. to unify Albertans because it's gotten so toxic in a in a way that um, you know it's it's just a um, yeah, it's uh, you, know, you say you're fearful for Alberta. I think all politicians should uh, provide uh, some aspect of hope, or else they should get out of their jobs. So I'm mm. I'm uh, not necessarily uh, fearful, but I certainly know there's a whole heck of a lot of work ahead that uh, need to do again, regardless on on who wins um, on May 29th. 
you said something interesting, which is people are tending to vote or thinking about who they should vote against rather than something for. Mm. I'm noticing, I even feel this at the federal level, Matt, but mm. um, that leaders are not articulating what the future vision is for like how to move forward. It's always about like what the other person is doing wrong. Right. Mm. And so it really, I think, yeah. pushes people to, again, vote against somebody rather than for like, um, I think I'm seeing that right now in the current, you know, the campaigns haven't officially started, but it's a lot of like, you know, this is why Rachel Notley is bad or this is why Danielle Smith's bad. It's not, here's what my vision is for, for Alberta going forward. And I think it just further pushes people into that, you know, into those two sides. Um, yeah. But why is that, is that, is that a conscious strategy, would you say, is to, is to, um, really campaign against why that person is is not good versus then campaigning for, hey, what that vision is that I have for either the country or the province. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's an easy strategy, right? Like it's instead of going and coming up with, like say you and I were sitting down for, um, you know, um, let's use coffee this time. You know, I'm sitting down for coffee and we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, the election. Say, what do you want to see in the election? You know, it's it's much easier for you to say, well, man, I'd love to get rid of Trudeau, right? Mm -hmm. And I hear that all the time. It's not like, okay, I want to see, you know, an expansion of infrastructure dollars. I want to see the, you know, defense spending go up to 2%. I want to see, you know, the uh, whatever it is, the uh, healthcare transfers, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of different, whatever. It's, you don't have to think about the issues, right? It's Mm -hmm. about, you know, almost like the politics of personality is, uh, has become more and more, maybe that's a downside of being accessible to more people with technology is that people now form these opinions of, well, you know, I despise Daniel Smith. I despise Rachel Notley, right? It's, Mm. it's turned into a, okay, but like, why do you despise them is, is probably the, the, the bigger question. So I think it's, you know, it's easy to, it's, Mm. it's, Easy politics, I guess, is the uh, the, the solution or the, the answer to your to your question. Mm. Um, I think the like there there are ideas out there. It's you know the the I, I know the the New Democrats have a platform. The UCP has a has a platform. Um, I'm not sure if they've if they've launched them or, or not. But mm. but through every kind of how platforms are developed are are largely through the the party process anyways right so the if you're looking at a say a, a new democrat if you're thinking about voting new democrat in your 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 region there a lot of what's going to to guide the the future say four years is going to be outlined already in their website and the new democrat uh, uh, policy position statement right those are all going to kind of be there. So the things are for, the things they're against are, are all kind of outlined there. Same with the, the UCP and, and same with a liberal, same with an Alberta mm. party. They're all kind of there. So then platforms basically grab those components of what has already been voted on by the party establishment and then put those into, okay, here it is and packaged with a nice fancy bow and, and whatever. So the stuff is available to to Albertans, to to Canadians to go and make those, those decisions. But... You know, instead of pouring through like a 400-page party policy, mm. uh, you know, 
document it's you know here's a, a you know a four-page document that's probably going to be mailed to your house from both respective mm. parties and you know both are going to kind of give their own statements which largely will probably attack the other and saying mm. this is you know not the 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 way that uh or, these are the reasons why you should vote uh, vote against them and vote for us but i think you know to to, to kind of the the, the major point in, in all and all of this is in my personal opinion here is that i think what this is actually doing is driving voters away from actually voting at all and that's mm. the that's the big worry that uh, i think we should all have is that mm. you you have this divisive politics constantly showing up on 630 chat or or you know mm. whatever the latest uh and news source you listen to is yeah and it's i i because I, I i don't think most people like most people aren't a card carrying member like i'm a card carrying member of our of a federal conservative party but yeah. you know that's it so yeah. from from my perspective you know it most people aren't that way so no. they're trying to make up their mind and they're like holy cow like these are just two people who are constantly exactly. angry at each other like yeah. forget it like i'm just going to go to work that day and not even worry about kind of what uh, what happens until it's over and that's a scary part if we get to where you know we're we're at a you know 30 40% voter turnout like that's you know and that's how many people vote in this election it's you know which i think is probably a reasonable um, uh, option at this point for for people that they're considering because they've been so turned off by this uh, politics of division so that's I, I think that's probably the the biggest worry that uh, we we really should have you know regardless of, of who comes in that's the biggest worry we should all have is that if we start seeing those sorts of numbers come mm. out for voter turnout yeah, and if it, but if you're saying though that this is the easy easier way of doing politics is by um, just talking crap about the other person, um, but then the effect is low voter voter turnout, then why would you continue to do the easy way of business, right? Like it takes courage yeah, and well, leadership to 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 talk about the other the hard stuff, right? Like, and wouldn't that make a bigger difference and actually get your people to come out to vote and I don't know. I might be naive at this, Matt. I have no idea. But yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't think you are at all. I think that's a you know a very fair question and and one that should be you know th again this isn't an Alberta and Canada you know problem. This is very mm. much like you you look at Trump in the the states. This mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. was very much a a winning strategy, if you will, for um for uh for for campaigns for 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 years I'm, I'm sure you could go back in the history of of alberta politics and pointed a whole bunch of examples where this was also the uh the the case um so like i remember it was the uh when i was in 2012 there was a um an ad not your father's uh pc uh, party um kind of statement <laughs> in uh you know kind of it was you know it was used for and against uh, the the argument of voting progressive conservative at the time so you know it's but i i guess that the point making is that there are ideas out there there are policies out mm. there it's not you know, it's again it's not daniel smith that's that's come up with every single policy that's going to there yeah. there there may you know she's a communicator of it but mm. it's the ensuring doing that kind of work and, and looking at well well where if this is an issue that's really important to me let's you know let's use the um example of, of health transfers like okay what mm -hmm. are the new democrats going to do with it what are the ucb going to do with it there's information to be found uh there so mm -hmm. the, it, i guess you know the, to, to sum it up the the leaders aren't making it easy on you to find that information mm -hmm. but it's it's it's, it's there. there and it's yeah. you know when the candidate comes to your door you know it i've door knocked our community you know probably 100 times over since i was like 15 years old and it you know the people who i think are 
are the the informed person when you come to the door are are also uh, impactful in ensuring that the candidate is then raising those those concerns mm. to whether it's the party brass or, or as part of the the campaign that those are the issues that they're hearing from their community so i i think that's a it's a big um component and you know it's again it's it's easy politics but it's um it's it's not it's not all that's there. So I guess it's on us now to go and do our due diligence to try to find what else is important. Uh, yeah, from our perspective. Before I shift to the last two questions that I ask every guest, how would you summarize for you, anyways, whether it be as a, a citizen or, or an MP or just a observer or whatever? But um, what are the key issues that you're looking out for in this election in terms of what matters to you? Yeah, you know, affordability is the is is key. Like Alberta is really held up as like a beacon across this country right now for for still being able to afford, you know, groceries, gas, and you know, home heating, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, houses. Uh, it, it's looking at a lot of my colleagues from you know, largely British Columbia and Ontario. It is you know, we, like we have issues here, like for sure. Like I'm not you know, trying to minimize those, but we also have. You know, a, a tremendous um, you know, a, amount of, of um, uh, I guess, you know, ability for, for, for growth in, in those areas because of what, you know, maybe it's our natural resources, sure, whatever, but you are you can still, a family can still afford a home in Terwilliger. Like, it's not, a mm. uh, family can still afford a home over in, in the Ramsey Heights. It's, mm. it's not where you're looking at, you know, Kitsilano, the um, uh, Point Grey in Vancouver, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. there will be no new family moving in there for no. probably generations uh, now. So it's um, that that I think that is a very key point. And then you know, healthcare for me is a is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always thought you know the, the federal government health transfer should be should be fair, but also dedicated. And you know, mental health is a key one. Making sure that there's there's those resources put into mental health for allotted as part of the transfer for mental health and you know a lump sum transfer of you know an amount is is one thing but ensuring that it goes to the right places you know and ensuring that this mm. provincial government whoever it is uh, allocates those to the right places is, uh, is a key that i'll be asking candidates when they knock on my door <laughs> um i think i know them both uh both my uh candidates uh, reasonably well so i'll uh, mm. i'll probably just text them but uh yeah it's um, i think that's important the two, two of the big important issues to think about yeah yeah. Um, last two questions, if you're okay with that, yeah, uh, that I sure. ask every guest. So, uh, first question is our five for dinner question: Dead or alive? Who are five people you you want to have dinner with? Shoot, I didn't watch right to the end of your last podcast. I didn't know this was coming. Um, oh, sorry, that. <laughs> no worries. Uh, dead or alive? Um, Pierre Lawheed is a big um, a guy that uh, I, I had the opportunity to meet, and, and I love him. Um, Jim Prentice is is my political. Mm-hmm. Idol. I got to serve with him before he he died in a in a plane oh, crash. Oh, sorry, Matt, for that um, loss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, who has, who's it? Um, Jim Denning. I really like Jim Denning. Um, I think a pragmatic kind of uh, guy. Um, trying to like, find some interesting as like Matt Jenner is like a ten year old. Like easily Jose Canseco would have been. Oh one, wow! A big yeah, baseball yeah. fan. Yeah. Um, and then I, uh, you know, Tony Hawk. I was a huge skateboarder when I was mm. in high school. So you know, I think they'd all have. You'd have the political guys chatting over here, and then yeah. you'd probably have. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you'd have Jose Canseco doing steroids in the corner, and then um, <laughs> I don't know. Tony Hawk probably have some interesting stories. So yeah. Did you play? Did you play Tony Hawk like on? on oh yeah, that was great, yeah. man. That was yeah. like I, I missed a calling and like uh, going doing video <laughs> games as like a career, man. Like I loved it, and it was. Yeah. 
I'd spent hours and hours upon it. But I made this decision when I was in university. I said, you know what, like, no more video games. I need to, like, pass my courses. I need to, like, this. So I, I shut it down then, and I really haven't picked up video games since. And It kills yeah, so just, much time, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Last one. Um, hopefully this doesn't, uh, besides the circle of life, what do you know for sure? Hmm. Yeah, that you're gonna um, that you're gonna have to pay your taxes as uh, as your federal member of parliament. You're gonna have to pay your taxes. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Um, end on a, end on a bit of a down note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially since the tax deadlines looming here. Uh, Matt, really appreciate your time. Uh, if you ever have a, a local high dad event, I yeah. will absolutely be there. If, if cool. there's if there's an opportunity to do so, I appreciate your vulnerability and just authenticity and um, humility throughout the conversation and just hearing the struggles that you've been through as a dad. And I think there's a lot of value that people are going to get from that. But also just your thoughts on what's going on here in Alberta and the upcoming election. So I hope we get to meet you in person in the future, but appreciate your time for me today. You bet. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll count you in for that uh, event once uh, once we get off the ground here, for sure. So no, appreciate it, uh, Rapesh. It was a real pleasure. Sounds good. And we'll put all of Matt's info in our show notes. And thanks, everyone, for watching. Like, subscribe, do all those good things. And we'll see you next time.